Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Southside Agenda podcast with Charlie and Zan. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. Fun series with the Astros. We made the episode after the first game, so we had two left after that. Then we got the whole twin series. It is currently 4.08, Friday, July 23rd. We got a series with the Brewers starting tonight at 7. We're really, really excited. But a huge, huge episode today. What do we got, Zidane? Just in baseball news and in White Sox news, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we have trades. We have a new team slash rebranding. We got, obviously, that big twin series. You're meeting Mercedes. What's going on there? Brewers. And then, obviously, we're going to look around the league a little bit because we haven't talked about it in a while. Things have changed. It's been pretty exciting right now. Trade deadlines heating up. We may even talk about that. Maybe some trades. Who knows, Charlie? You want to start us off? All right, so we're going to start us off, start it off with the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Indians, no more. The name will go into effect after the end of this season. So no more Cleveland Indians. And Zidane, before we go into the in-depth type of, you know, details, what are your instant thoughts on this name? Do you like the ring of it? How, how does it sound off the tongue? What do you got? You know, at first I was like, that's interesting. But, you know, researching it more, it has to do with like Cleveland's history. I don't know exactly, but if you do search it up, I think there's like certain statues separating the city called like the Guardians, and that's why it is. Also, really like the logo and the font they've chosen. You know, it is obviously a different name, different logo, but they've kind of stayed with the same type of color scheme, same type of logo. I I just like it. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Cleveland fans feel about it. But who really cares how Cleveland fans feel about anything? Nobody. You know, as long as Shane Bieber's pitching there, they'll be fine. You know what? I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. See, Charlie, as I said, I made a wrong prediction. I said that Indians slash the Cleveland baseball team at the time would be last in the division this year. I was wrong. Then we corrected it next year, and I was wrong again. The Cleveland Guardians, my bad, will be last in the division next year. Charlie, I think you share pretty much what I, what I think. So, I mean, how do you feel about the name, the history, and do you think it will fit with like a major league baseball team? I think it does. So, the Indians and the Guardians both end in Ian, so it still has the same sound when you say it out loud. So, I think it won't be, it won't take any getting used to, like just saying it, like because I don't know, I don't really know, and I don't really care what chance the it's going to be weird. The Indian slash Guardians fans have during the game, but it's going to be interesting. And I'm just, we're, we started a YouTube channel, so we're going to upload the podcast. So just to get the logo up here on the camera, it's actually really cool. I like, I don't know if it'll focus, but I like the, um, the baseball and the G's wrapped around it with the wings. I think that fits the guardian's name pretty well. And the font is really cool. So this is what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's backwards for you guys or it's just backwards for me on zoom, but it's, it's interesting and I like it. So Zidane, I know you were talking about like the history. So I got a quote here. So the owner, Paul Dolan said the franchise sought a brand that strongly reflects the pride, resiliency, and loyalty of the Clevelanders. Dolan believes that Guardians, that the Guardians embodies those defining attributes while drawing upon the iconic Guardians of Traffic proudly standing outside 
progressive field on the Hope Memorial Bridge. So it is a statue and I think it's sick. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is a cool movie. And I just like, like Guardians, it, it sounds really good. And it, it's like Guardians of Traffic. I think that's one of, that's the saying outside of the statue. So it's pretty cool, but hopefully it'll take us a while to read Guardians when we look at the standings next year. So that's, that's my take. And I'm sorry, I, we have to say this for the people who are like really, really mad about this, like, come on, it's, it's a name. And listen, the Cleveland organization, they felt it needed to be changed. So who cares? They changed it. Perfect. And guardian sounds pretty cool as well. And if they were offending certain groups of people, then by all means change it. It's all right. And guardians is sick. I'm cool with it, but I still hate Cleveland. It's not going to change anything for me, but Zidane, you're mean Mercedes. He retired, then unretired. A super weird situation. Probably the most fun couple hours on Twitter I've ever had. It was it was just awesome. Zidane, explain to the listeners the exact, you know, how the events unfolded and what were your early thoughts. So obviously, your mini Mercedes had one of the hottest months of baseball in April and continued at mostly through May until obviously that 3-0 pitch home run incident against William Osadio. By the way, still an amazing home run. Do not regret it at all. Obviously, you mean you started to play worse, and people said, oh, it's confidence, it's Tony Russo. But I think just major league pitching mainly just got adjusted to him, who started slinging out of the sliders more, more curves ball. It was just easier to pitch to him. And... Eventually, he was sent to AAA. I mean, it was necessary. He started to heat up at the end, but he needed to be sent down to AAA. And he's been playing quite well there. I think he has like a 900 OPS in the games he has played and is currently still on the roster. We'll talk about that. 309 average as well. Great play. He'll probably be in the major leagues at some point this season again. And then randomly, out of nowhere, on Instagram, your media Mercedes posts, like in Spanish, should I retire or tire? Question mark. And people are like, hey, whoa, whoa, is he considering that? And then he posts again and he, it basically says it's over. And he's like, I'm so sorry, but like, you know, got to do it for my family. And, you know, a lot of thing about like negative comments and like, oh, people don't believe. And you no, know, I got down and I just don't feel like that love. And then everybody was completely shocked. Like MLB Twitter, White Sox Twitter, everybody's like, wait a second. Did like one of our new favorite players, like the fan story of the early months of the season, he's gone? Like, are you kidding me? And then Tony Russo's like, I, I can't, I don't understand this. I'm going to reach out to him. Because I think Tony Russo has become quite close to like this entire clubhouse, including your mean Mercedes, even guys he has talked about like criticized sometimes he was pretty close to them so I think the White Sox and probably Tony Russo did reach out to him in Mercedes I don't know probably just like re-energized him got his confidence back in the game they're like because he said he has an MLB future he has a big league future I think we all can agree with that at some point mate your Mercedes will be back in the MLB and I think he could stay on the MLB roster for quite a while and then eventually you know he posted again on Instagram it's a feat it's a photo of like a phoenix it's like, I'm back, you know, it's in my blood. I'm a, I'm sorry for my family. You're disappointing. You're like, it's like, don't let, don't get down. Don't listen to people like the haters. 
basically. Like, don't listen to haters. You're better than that. He's back. He was in the lineup. He was in uniform. I do believe he played yesterday or the day before. So, interesting type thing. You know, people are like, oh, middle school, you're mean. Like, what is he doing going in one day, retiring, then unretiring? One of the shortest days in retirement you'll ever see. People are like, oh, it's Brett Favre again, you know, for a few Packers fans or whatever. But, I mean, interesting thing. I think really it's just a testament to, like, players' mental health in the minor leagues. I mean, we may have talked about it, how, like, minor league pay is so little. I mean. They have to stay with other families. They're they're, they're not treated well. They, they don't make lots of money. They at all, I think. Either it's just between me and Charlie or maybe on this podcast, but we talked about how players in, like, double-A Baltimore had to, like, pay for their own or sleep in their cars like minor they, league they slept um they so, slept they slept like in a hotel lobby like we, they were they rode a bunch of chairs so they just put chairs in a vertical line and then put another row of chairs parallel to the first row of chairs and slept in between it with like pillows it was it was terrible yeah but go on it's just they're terrible and obviously it does get down on mental health and for a player like me to be like everyone's talking about you like wow am I like really good at baseball to you know kind of lose that confidence and then have to be regulated back to a place where you spent 10 years working to get out of here you know you can get down on yourself but I'm I'm happy you know that the White House were able to get to him like nah man nah man you can make it back here just keep working keep working You'll be back here. That's what you've done for the past 10 years. A few months is nothing. And, I mean, he's unretired. You mean he's back. Your mate is back. He'll be in the MLB at some point this year. White Sox fans will get a cheer for him again. Charlie, what is your opinion on the situation? You know, I kind of just summarized, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really weird situation. And so the first Instagram pro- post, so he posted on his Instagram story with the retire in Spanish with the question mark. Then a couple hours later, he posted on Instagram saying it's over uh, on like a, like the actual, I don't, I don't know if you guys, whoever is listening to this, if you've been on Instagram, how posts work is it's a picture and then you can have whatever you want. Right. But it was a picture of a black screen. Then he said, it's over. Then you can have your own caption. And the MLB community later found out that this caption, he linked it with some other song. And he was really, I don't know, I was worried when I read this because it doesn't seem like he was, it didn't seem like he was okay mentally, but I'm just going to read it. So he says, and it's a little weird because it was translated from Spanish to English and Instagram is weird like that. But it says, first of all, I want to thank God for giving me life to the fans without them i was nothing to my family thanks for understanding me and oh sorry thanks for understanding me and always supporting me and then he said i think it was one of his coaches he said i think his coach's name daniel sue for getting me ahead and by the way ask for forgiveness to all those who i've offended fruit of my in- immaturity to the members of the radio television and press to all the teams i participated by not tolerating the decisions of the decision decisions of them, sorry, to everyone who has a human being been, it's re, it's really really hard to read because it's 
it's just really weird. I failed and I apologize. And thus I have walked away from baseball for a while. God bless you. It's over. So it's, it's really hard to read because of the translation, but you guys understood what, what it meant. And it was, it was really, really weird. And then he goes and posts the Phoenix 18 hours later. I'm going to translate this. Let's see saying, I will never give up. I last 10 years in the minor leagues. I always understand that the process is great, but the talent and with by, with the greatest humility, I'm speaking from the heart. My dream is to be a player established in the big leagues. I have always asked God to give me the opportunity that I give three months that he gave me three months ago. I owe to my, I owe it to my family, my organization, and my fans. I apologize. New mind. If in something I failed, I carry in my blood. Now is missing Yerman Mercedes. Thank God for guiding me in the right way and taking the right decision. All that is going it's 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 really long and it's really like impossible to read because of the translation but he he got in his feels a little bit there and you know I'm happy for him hopefully he's in the right state of mind I don't know if Tony talked to him I I heard rumors about that hopefully that's true and hopefully Tony's was being a good guy and come on guys if you're saying that it's all because of the 3-0 count bs that's not true It, it is really not true me and Zidane do not like Tony Larusa as you know, I don't know that do not like Tony Larusa, but did not like the appointment of Tony Larusa. Yes, we are in first place now. Were there better options? Who knows? AJ Hinch would have done better. I don't really know. I think any manager manager could get this team to first place because of the poor teams behind us. But that's just is how it is. And it's it's a really, really weird situation. But he's back in Charlotte. Zidane to answer your question that. He did play yesterday, so good news for him, and we'll see where it takes him. And who knows what's happening with this DH, universal DH, you know, the collective bargaining agreement still has to be discussed, and he'll get a job. He's already shown it, so if you've shown it in the minor, in the ma- minors and majors, yes, majors for a month, but you'll, he'll definitely get the chance, and I hope the best for your mean Mercedes, but Zidane, that's, that's it for for your Mercedes twins takeaways it on fun series. What was your first takeaway? One. I mean, we both have this, Charlie. We have to talk about it. This crowd, White Sox crowd. I mean, I saw someone on Twitter say, Oh, the Cardinals and Cubs, you know, at Bush stadium, they sold like 34,000 tickets. White Sox are playing like the twins and you only get like 17,000 bro. 17,000 sounds like a hundred thousand. These people were going crazy. I mean, I've never, like, you see this sometimes, but Jose Abreu's three-run bomb against the Twins to make it, I believe, 9-5 at that point. Bad atmosphere. Bell's left bleachers where the ball landed, they were going insane, jumping up and down, screaming, putting their hands in the air. I mean, you don't see this at baseball games. Baseball games are usually, you know, Oh, let me get a hot dog. Let me get a beer, sit down, chill. No, 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 no. Not a guaranteed rig field. Not right now. Because we're a good team. These fans want to have some fun. It was insane. This entire series, really. But I think that was mainly the highlighting moment. So fun to see. They were going insane. And you see it at soccer games. Players. You do. And like every time, because those stadiums are like sold out super big. They're all super invested. 
every time they score a goal, absolutely erupts. But that's not what you see at baseball games, really, because baseball games, they're they're more chill than any other sport. It's just that's how it is, you know. You throw a pitch, oh, nothing happens, throws a pitch. That's just how it goes. The White Sox fans, bro, they're ready to have some fun. And I think it also energized the players, you know. In 2020, there's just less motivation. Like, the playoffs were great, I thought, last year. But they weren't just that interesting because until up until the World Series and, like, the I think NLCS might have had it, but you just had no fans. So, like, they're making great plays. Like, Carlos Correa hit a walk-off bomb, against, I think, against the Rays or something. No yeah, one really Rays. reacted because there was no one to react. But now – Fans are back. You know, we're filling in stadiums. They're full. We'll be fine. Everyone's hopefully getting vaccinated. Once we're with that, bro, can't wait till October. Guaranteed rate field. That's going to be fun. Charlie, I know you have that. What else do you have on, you know, this crowd, effect on players, maybe some other stuff? Then what's your second point? Yeah, I mean, it. the one word to describe the atmosphere is electric. And the South side, it will get rowdy if we're facing the Twins. I mean, it got it was crazy when we faced the Astros, like 34,000 fans there. And that was an exciting series. But there was just one portions, portion of fans in left field, and they were just going crazy for that Jose home run. Like, in, in soccer terms, when you score a goal and everyone's going crazy, it's called limbs because you can see all these limbs flying, and that's exactly what happened at guarantee rate field when Jose hit that bomb. So like I've watched soccer my whole life. I'm a huge soccer fan. I know Zidane is, he's, he's a big soccer fan as well. And I see that on a weekly basis watching soccer, but I don't see it at all watching baseball. And when I saw that, I was like, this team is legit. And this team is ready for October baseball. I could just imagine a ALCS between the Red Sox and the White Sox. We're at Fenway and those fans can get crazy as well. Then you go and fly to the South side and you get those crazy fans as well. Two great teams, two teams that have history behind them and the Red Sox, man, they will be good. So that's my take on the atmospheres it on my next take. We talked about it last episode and it is Yoan Moncada. We posted on TikTok as well. Make sure you go follow that Southside Agenda on TikTok and Twitter. Got to get the plugs in. But we were like, okay, for this team to get hot, a power surge from someone would be very, very nice. Tim has been showing that. His average is up there, so it doesn't really matter for him. But Yoan Moncada was struggling in the power department. His exit velo was high, but he didn't get air on the balls. He got air knocked so many home runs and it's just so nice because Zidane that swing is so sweet it looks great coming off the bat and the Yasmani Grandal bat bat drops are being missed right now but Moncada bat drops are very very underrated and it's so nice the crowd goes crazy whenever he hits a home run and it's so exciting for him to improve in that department because Listen, with a hot lineup and all of our guys back, we can win a World Series. It's, it's really as simple as that. Zidane will tell you guys why we can win the World Series on the pitching side in his next point. But, man, is Yon Moncada playing well? 
and we hope it continues the versus the great Brewers pitching rotation. But we'll see how it is. Zidane, what do you guys say about Yoan next uh, next Twins takeaway? My next takeaway, and I'll probably just combine my next two takeaways because they're both about pitching. I do enjoy talking about it. I think it's really interesting. One, my first one is obviously Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech. I mean, since about Baltimore probably, before the All-Star break when he returns from injury, we've just been talking about it all the time. All the time. You know why? Michael Kopech is insane right now. I mean, I think the last game of the Twin Series, he goes 1.2 or like two innings around gets four Ks does it does give up I think Max Kepler home run maybe he gave up one run in that game but he has just been insane his control insane I mean the stuff you always knew was there we didn't know how he performed and then once he got injured you don't know how guys are going to come back from injury and with this bullpen being ultra shaky right now outside of like Michael Kopech and Liam Hendricks you were scared but when you see Michael Kopech come out of the bullpen, it's a relieving feeling. You get to go from the No pun intended. Magic. It is because he's a reliever and you feel pretty damn good because you go from Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynch, Lucas Giolito, probably good outings, like eight out of 10 times. Rodon, probably 10 out of 10 times, good outings. And then to Michael Kopech and to Liam Hendricks. My God, Charlie, and this isn't just like a one inning guy. Because Michael Kopech will eventually be a starter. This dude can go two innings as a reliever. And to have that dominant force for two innings, two innings, I like imagine that, Troy. Lucas Giolito goes six. Oh, I have Michael Kopech to get to the ninth because he goes seven, eight. William for the ninth, save, done, we're out of here. So beautiful. And, I mean, you think about it because Ryan Burr started to give up some more hard, hard contact. You know, we saw him go, like, an insane amount of innings for Ryan Burke to not give up a run. He's, I think it will still be good in the playoffs. And, you know, in the later, the half of the year, he'll be good. Bummer has been just not Aaron Bummer for this entire year. You know, bring us back 2019, 2020 Bummer. We need that guy. But the control, I mean, he walks a lot. And he's started to give up more hard contact. And then Garrett Crochet, I mean, Speak about hard contact. Hard, I think he may give up the most, actually, because, I mean, either with Garrett Crochet, you're going to get, like, with his outings, he's going to strike out one dude, right? He's guaranteed at least one strikeout because he just has such a wipeout slider. And at first, you know, 97, 96 is kind of hard to catch up with at some point. But when you're not throwing 102, guys are going to easily catch up to 96. I mean, league average is, like, 94 right now, I think, or 95. Like, guys are just going harder and harder. When you have Jacob deGrom averaging, like, 101, like, Jacob deGrom averages 100 100 on his fastball and then has that amazing slider. Garrett Crochet averages, like, 96, 97, has a slider that's great, but he has no control over. And then, I mean, we've talked about it before. Aroldis Chapman is only effective when he has enough control to, like, touch the zone, like, get close. Because he could throw 102. He has a wipeout slider, and now he's a splitter. Obviously, not as been as good as lately. But when Aroldis Chapman is good, he's throwing 102. Garrett Crochet, when he's good, throws 102. You can't be that same guy and throw 97. 
you know, you can't put up those amazing numbers and throw 97 because what happens when you miss with a slider and people don't swing it? If guys don't swing it, if guys don't swing it, Garrett Crochet's slider, they're going to hit his fastball. In short, he's getting a lot and a lot and a lot of lucky pop-outs and fly-outs. But, I mean, we've seen when they do get back to ball and they get sometimes lucky, the wind's blowing their way, it can turn disastrous for the White Sox. So I don't know what we're going to have to do with that. You know, either it gets the velocity up or it gets the control up. You either just do one of the two and you'll be much better. But for right now, watching Garrett Crochet go into like a three-run game is scary because you know it's quite easy for him to give up two runs. And then obviously Liam, I think, will be good. You know, he's he's been good. You know, when Liam has the slider, he'll be amazing. We don't even have to talk about Liam Hendricks. But – and then – for my final point, I mean, I might as well just talk about it because we just switched to a different part of pitching. This rotation, Charlie. And I do want to stress, we're coming into a difficult, difficult series with the Brewers. We'll talk about it later. But I think this will test the rotation because this is a hot Brewers team. And it's, I think, probably the two best rotations in baseball, maybe. Easily, easily. At this have- point, easily. Like the Dodgers, without – now without Bauer, he's not going to be on the team anymore. Um, and then there are other injuries. Dustin May, right? They're not in the running. The Padres, Snell wasn't at his best. He had a great outing yesterday, but not, not wasn't at his best um, for the first, I mean, maybe the first few starts and then towards the middle of the first half, he wasn't good. And I mean, you Darvish is good, but they, they don't have the dominance like we do. But yeah, go on. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, talk about Dodgers still have a lot of depth. And they do have Walker Bueller, but they don't have, like, those two dominant forces. Like, we have Lance Lynn and uh, Carlos Abdon. I think Giants even have a great rotation. But I don't know if they really just compare to having, like, we have three aces in the rotation right now. Nobody else in baseball has three rotations. We thought they would. You know, the Dodgers, for most of the second half, did have three aces. You know, Padres was supposed to have three aces, but they really have one. I guess you can count Joe Musgrove, but I don't know about that. But to have Carlos Rodon, Lancelin, Lucas Giolito, Keiko has performed well recently when he does, like, he randomly gets, like, six Ks, and you're like, how is this dude throwing 86 getting Ks? He is just great control. And when he has, I think mainly his main pitch for his performance is the cutter, has cutter. He's going to pitch well. And then Dylan Cease is averaging 11.7K per nine. You know, ERA is a little up there, but he's, you know, like Dylan Cease, like 11Ks, three runs. 11Ks, oh, four runs. Like His highs are very season. high and his lows are very low. Are very low. Like you get – he gets in that rut sometimes where he just can't get out of – he can't get out of it, and it's like – you blink your eyes and it's like three plus runs in like a matter of a couple minutes, a walk and a home run and a double. Like it's just, it's just not fun when he's at his low, but man, those highs, when that curve is working, it is, it is so nasty. One of the nastiest curves in the league and the movement on the fastball, he can dot the fastball and it's just, it's just annoying because if he was a little more consistent, I mean, this guy would be this guy would be unstoppable, but he's still young, and 
we just we don't know what we'll do in the playoffs, but I'm I'm more than confident with Cease now. I will have to say that I was definitely wrong last year. I did not have any confidence in him, but who knows? Curveball, great. Zidon, what else? Well, just to talk about Don Cease a little bit more. I think his floor of you know his like bad starts has definitely risen throughout the year, throughout his years, and is at his highest so far. Like Don Cease's floor right now, I'd say he's given up like five runs. I think the first Houston series, he had a pretty bad start. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he. I think I don't know if like I would call that a bad start. I mean, 10 Ks versus a really good Houston lineup is is not bad at all. And I think is this I'm talking about in Houston. Oh, in Houston. I yeah, no, no, that was not a good start. That is, I think, is low. And but I think that is much higher than his low like last year or the year before, because then he's given up seven given up six runs like consistently but now you know at the back end of a rotation you got to be pretty happy with that and even you know if you know we don't obviously we're just speculating if something were to happen with like Dylan Cease or Dallas Keuchel got Michael Kopech right there Ronaldo Lopez Ronaldo Lopez you know for five I mean we've only seen three innings three innings of like 45 pitches, but who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, this rotation has just carried us even when the offense has been low. And I think we're seeing some power surges out of Tim Anderson, Yomakata. I think Yomakata has reached eight or nine, I think eight right now in the year. Tim Anderson is at like nine on the year. Jose, I think is up to like maybe 19. He's getting up there more. Jose Abreu, has been super hot this um, month as I think 21 RBIs second to Max Muncy, I think in the month or maybe in the NL. I have no idea, but this is a good team, Troy. This is a really good team. I think the twin, sh- twin series showcased like our problems, the stuff we're good at and how we can find a fix around this team. And then I don't know, man, but this team can be good and, you know, I know you're about to talk about it, but there are some holes to shore up on the team. So, Charlie, I think what are your two final ten, twins takeaways? Yeah, I think – yeah, I have I have one left. That Moncada one was one of them. But switching back to the other side of pitching, which being, being the bullpen, is it's just great to get an arm right now. And I think you look at the Cubs – the Cubs wrote not the rotation. The Cubs that that rotation's bad. Sorry, is very confused right now. The Cubs bullpen, the Cubs bullpen, and it it is pretty good. They got some good arms. So Kimbrel, I think, is unrealistic for us. And listen, I don't really want to give up so much for him, but a guy that I think would be perfect is a Ryan Tapera. He's having a great season, and I think that's just a very solid move. I think. The Cubs, by the way, guys, you guys need, if you haven't heard or you haven't watched the or listened to the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast, they went live yesterday. I had, they had a great podcast, lots of Cubs bullpen talk. And I'll be honest, that's where I got a lot of this information from. So you guys better go check them out. It's awesome. And they were saying, because it's a Cubs White Sox podcast, we got Matt on there and KFIDS and Aldo Soto, the two Cubs fans on there said that. The Cubs 
were looking and are looking for young pitching. And is that a Jared Kelly that we would give up? Probably definitely not for a Ryan Tapera, but we have like an Andrew Dahlquist type of guy, the got a guy lower um in our on our prospect rankings. He is a pitcher and he is pretty young. And put like one more decent prospect in there and that'll give that'll get you to para. And if we want to give up a little bit less, I think maybe an Andrew Chafin type of guy, I think that's that would be a solid move. And you wouldn't give up, you wouldn't have to give up a lot. And guys in the Cubs clubhouse love Chafin. And I think I really admire the Cubs bullpen with Kimbrell, uh, Tapera and Chafin, but Chafin or Tapera, I would like to pair Zidane. What, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what would, what would it take? Ryan Tapera is an interesting guy. You know, I do believe he's in the last year of his contract or only one more kind of aging. I think he's 33. So you can get a good few years out of him having an amazing year. I mean, that cutter for Ryan to pair with those fastballs, and he has a great slider too. And I mean, we've talked about how, you you know, we needed to bridge the gap from our starter to Liam Hendricks, and that's how Michael Kopech has been so good. That's what the Cubs have done when their starters have been good, which is very rare, very rare. But, you know, recently when Kyle Hendricks has started out of that rotation, you know, only him, like, basically – when they get a quality start, I would start like one out of 10 times, I'd say, because you know that rotation's ass, except for probably Kyle Hendricks. He's pretty good, you know, professor. When he starts six innings, they get Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tapera, Craig Kimbrell. And I got to respect it because that's a pretty damn good bullpen. Three, three guys you get to use in certain situations. But Ryan Tapera, I like the move. He definitely fits into this bullpen. Easily can find a spot for him, you know, uh, with that kind of Michael Kopech role. When we're putting in Ryan Burr, Charlie, why wouldn't you just want, like, if you had Ryan Burr, I'd much rather have Ryan Tapera put in those situations for, like, those if something happens, like that sixth, seventh inning, put in Ryan Tapera. That's perfect with me. So, is I, that's your last takeaway, right? Yeah, I want to go to another guy. This is also talked about on the Pinwheels and Happy Podcast and I'll plug, but Richard Rodriguez. And before I listened, or I, they live stream. Uh, they live stream. This is Friday. So they live stream yesterday, which is Thursday. And Thursday, obviously, a huge, huge day on Sox Twitter. You have the Sox on 35th live stream, the From the 108 live stream, and the Pinwheels and Ivy Podcast live stream. It was awesome. But I learned that Richard Rodriguez is or was a big spider tack guy or a big sticky stuff guy. He is on the top of that list for the dropping of spin rate. His spin rate was, was good. And then it just dropped. And so I, I don't really know if I want to mess with that, but that was a guy that I had in mind, but probably not anymore, but that's it for the twins takeaways. Some good takeaways from Zidane there. And I think it's, it's just going to be interesting to see what we do come playoff time in this second half because there's moves that we can make. Will we make the moves? I really hope. But Zidane, Brewers, the White Sox are heading to Milwaukee, and oh, my God, is it going to be fun. Again, the from the 108, they are hosting a – and Sox machine, they are hosting a huge tailgate outside of uh, American Family Field, I think. I still want to say Miller Park, but I guess – I will use the correct name. Miller Park. It, it, Miller, it's Miller Park. 
Okay. Um, glad we know how Zion feels about that. But um, that um, tailgate's going to be awesome. And I can't go. I would be thrilled to go. I think Miller Miller Park, I guess, to make Zion happy, is it's not a terrible stadium. And I really like the food. So I, I would definitely go. But we cannot go to that uh, series. But let me tell you, this is the lowest combined ERA for a three-game series since 1912. Since 1912, isn't that crazy, Zan? Today, Giolito, at the end of the last episode, Zan was like, oh, yeah, good episode. I just hope Giolito does not have a bad outing. And let me tell you, he went a complete. He went for a complete game. And he's back tonight versus Freddie Peralta, 7-10 first pitch. And that is going to be awesome. Then tomorrow, it's Carlos Rodon versus Corbin Burns. It, it, it makes me laugh hearing this. And then the last game is Lance Lynn versus Brandon Woodruff. And I think it is Woodruff. Yeah, it's the Woodruff. It's Woodruff with their lowest, lowest ERA on the team. And, oh, my God, it's going to be fun. Just a short little little previews on what are you looking for. And we talked about the, the pitchers, but what, what are some hitters to, you know, be scared for? Royals or the Brewers coming off a loss to the Royals yesterday, 6-3 loss. But, Zidane, anything uh, – Anything to look out for in the series? Willie Adamas. That man has been raking for the Brewers ever since he came there in that Tampa Bay trade. I mean, I don't know his exact stats, but he is hitting pretty. So he's like two different dudes. Like it's two different seasons for Willie Adamas. His race season, I think he's like batting under 200, like trash, trash. Like we don't really need to lie. He was trash. On these proves, though, Willie Adamas is going off. And, I mean, he hasn't been great this great this year or last year, but, I mean, he's always a threat. Christian Yelich, I mean, I think we can both agree we want him to see – we want to see him return to MVP form. Like, who doesn't like watching Yelich bombs? We all do. Just not against the White Sox. Maybe in, like, garbage time where we're up 10-0, but – you know, he is always dangerous. He's an always good player. And I think finally, if I believe I'm correct, Omar Narvaez is a former White yep. Sox, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, yep. uh, got to make sure. Yeah, having a great season, an all-star replacement for, I believe, Buster Posey or Yanni Molina or both. Great player, lefty bat. Does kind of scare me. I mean, he's one of their best pitchers. He does not pitch. One of the best. That, that, that would not be fun on the team. <laughs> you never know, man. Maybe we need strikeout seven. But a, a new Williams anyway. Astadio. Yeah, I mean, you're me. Just get him called up for that one game. Four fifty out of the like through the roof. But uh, what was it saying? Oh yeah, Omar Navarez, great hitter, lefty bat. Does worry me a little. Otherwise. I mean, it's the pitching that we're scared of, Charlie. It's that bullpen. It's that – if I had to compare them, I'd say they, they're the Rays of the NL, except the Rays don't have, like, those standout guys. They just got a complete staff, you know. We the Rays have got the bullpen. Them. Rays have that bullpen. They just have a lot of guys, you know what I mean? Like, all of their guys pitch different speeds, pitch weirdly, and as a combined unit are really good. The Brewers, on the other hand, I mean, look at those three starters, Charlie. Three starters. Freddie Peralta, top 10 Cy Young. Corbin Burns, top 10 Cy Young. Brandon Woodruff, 
third in the MLB in ERA behind Kevin Gosman and Lance Lynn. That just tells you something. And Corbin Burns, let me tell you, there's one thing we're not doing against Corbin Burns, and it's walking. That dude throws a nasty sinker, cutter, slider, changeup, and this is a dangerous team, Charlie. This is a very good team coming out of the NL Central, basically taking command of that division. They may have one of the biggest, I think they're five games up, maybe on the uh, Reds. But this is a good Six and a half games up on the Reds. Even bigger. I mean, you can check if you do have the numbers, but they might be second in the MLB with lead over the division other than us with like nine games. Yeah, they are. So this is a good team. This is a good series. Going to be it's going to be a test for the White Sox. You know how much damage can we do with those guys in, and if those guys do even in stay like six or seven innings, can we hit this bullpen? Like in those innings between the starter and Josh Hader, can we hit and maybe save a game or two? I don't know, but this is a tough, tough challenge for the White Sox, Charlie. I know you agree, but um. I mean, I've talked about a lot about pitching this episode. What do you think about, you know, the Brewers as hitters? You know, they're always kind of league average, a little bit above average. But do you think they could cause some problems for the White Sox? I mean, listen, I think I will. The Brewers will make the playoffs, especially with their pitching. And their hitting, their hitting is good enough. So I would compare it to, like, I say it would – it would. I think it would be a little bit better than – the Rays hitting from the playoffs last year. So I think with their pitching, they can go above and beyond in the playoffs. And sorry, I'm shifting back over to pitching, but like you said, with Corbin Burns, he's not going to walk guys, but he also strikes out guys. He's fourth in the NL for strikeouts behind Wheeler, DeGrom and Scherzer. So it's just going to be tough all three games, but obviously our hitting is better, but will the pitching shut us down? Who knows? But I think uh, we want to shift over. We're talking about other teams now to a look around the league. It is a perfect time to do it. We were going to do it last episode and I'll be honest, we completely forgot about it. And this episode it's, it's fine because it's the second, it's the start of the second half. Anyway, we're only like one week in and let's start in the ALE Saddam. And it's a very interesting division. We can skip past the Orioles because like they will be in last place. They're 27 games behind the Red Sox. They are in fifth place. The Blue Jays, once they get some bullpen help, I think they can compete and win some more games. But I really don't know. The Yankees, I think they're on the level with the Orioles because I don't want to talk about them, and I don't like and I don't like the Yankees. Not on the level of the Orioles, but just the level of I don't care because they are the Yankees. And, yeah, Yankees, I mean, they're kind of a joke, so – I think we can just skip past them. I'm sorry. But the Rays and the Red Sox, they are, I mean, they're one game. The Red Sox, one game uh, above the Rays in first place. The Red Sox, they're five and five in their last 10. And the Rays are seven and three in their last 10. So the Rays showing some more form than the Red Sox. But the Red Sox bats scare me. And Zidane, I don't want to face either of these teams in the playoffs. That's, that's how I put it. Zidane, I mean, what do you have? I mean, Red Sox are always dangerous. You know, Chris Sale is coming closer and closer to making that return. You know, it would be an interesting thing to see Chris Sale pitch on the south side in the playoffs, ALCS. 
sold out crowd. Chris Sale coming back. That's going to be interesting. And then the Rays. I mean, trade deadline, Charlie. It's starting, and it's starting with two. We should have started off with that. We didn't, but Charlie, just a round of applause for the Twins. Just a round of applause for the Twins. Thank you. No Nelson Cruz, no more. That man is in Tampa. I mean, until I'm the playoffs. At his, I don't want to think about that, but gone. Playoffs, we, we got a while to, you know, chill with no Nelson Cruz in the lineup, man. He's out of here. Buxton, injured. Best player, Josh Donaldson. That's kind of ass. That's you're, you're trash. Twins are trash. You know, they're sellers. You know, Josh Donaldson's gone. Brian Buxton, if they don't sign him, he's gone. Jose Barrios should be gone, but they're too stupid to trade him. I mean, I could talk garbage about the Twins because they are garbage a lot. But anyway, what was it? Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at his numbers. He left. He leaves Texas as a 32-year-old, hitting 27 bombs. And since his season in Baltimore, he's averaged 35 home runs, 89 RBIs, a 287 batting average, a 919 OPS, 150 OPS plus from his, wait for this chart, age 33 season to currently age 40. Like we say, Justin Verlander ages like fine wine. Look at Nelson Cruz. Where did he find power all of a sudden? Like, I'm looking at his years in Texas, and he wasn't even that good. He was kind of garbage, really. He goes to Baltimore, goes to Seattle, rakes, 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 comes to Minnesota, absolutely kills the White Sox for a good three years. Like, I believe he has a 1,000 OPS in his career, or at least in Minnesota, against the White Sox. So it's going to be so fun. I mean, we do play here, play the Rays again. In, in, ta- in Tampa, set. I think. In Tampa. Yeah, well, yeah, in time. Tampa at a trap. But I'd much rather have it in that situation than in the division. And then today, like early morning today, Rich Hill, who I guess right now is the Rays' ace, is traded to the Mets for a reliever, Tommy Hunter, who's probably going to come out and have a two-year array for the Rays because that's just what they do. And I believe a double-A catcher or – Position yeah. player. It was, I think it was a catcher. But interesting trades for the Rays. You know, like they make a move for contention. It's like they took a two steps forward and one step back. You never know with these Rays, man. So all I got to say is expect Tommy Hunter to be the reliever of the year, probably. <laughs> and, you know, next couple of years be insane. Right. There's just such an interesting team. I mean, I know a lot of people talk trash about Kevin Cash for, you know, taking out Blake Snell. But that man is truly a genius. Like, he has transformed this organization with no Everlong Gloria. Like, you think all those years, like in 2008, I think, is when they go, like, to the World Series maybe. Some year like that. Or the ALCS. They were really good with Everlong Gloria. He leaves. They basically revitalized this um, franchise. And with Kevin Cash, who made an insane farm system, number one in baseball, and just such an interesting team. Like, these guys are one game behind the Red Sox. And you can't really tell me, like, their best player right now because Randy Rosen is playing pretty good. But, like, on the pitching side, they pitch well. No glass now. No glass now. So they don't really have an ace. So, and then they're supposed to, like, really good guy, 40 
one-year-old Rich Hill. He's not there anymore either. And then like 47-year-old Nelson Cruz now. And he's probably going to rake there too. So, you know, this it's, is a good They're team. really weird. They're that Just saying that, is, it's, it's so weird. Because like the reason I think the Red Sox will finish in first is because, yeah, the Red Sox might not have that, you know, pitching like – like just those p- good pitching minds in their organization that can just make pitchers better, but they're hitting really, really scares me. Like Kike Hernandez is an absolute tank. Like he is ridiculous. Like it is so fun to watch him play. And listen, I like the Red Sox. I, I really like that team. They got some fun guys. I mean, JD Martinez, I love JD Martinez. And I mean, they're pitching, like I said, eh. like they still got Xander Bogart, a top shortstop in the league. And so the Rays, the Red Sox hitting better than the Rays. And the pitching is really weird with the Rays now because you don't have an ace. You don't have glass now. But, like, you can almost just say that the pitching will be good because it just always turns out to be good. And I just think their hitting will not match up to the Red Sox. And the Red Sox, their pitching will be good enough to finish at first. But that's it for the AL East. AL Central, we don't need to talk about a lot. I mean, the Royals are in last place. Everyone was going crazy after their first month, but I mean, do we really think they would be in contention? No. Twins, talk, we definitely talk about them. The one team that is worth talking about, other than the White Sox, is the Detroit Tigers, seven and three in their last 10 games. And since the second half started, they're was it the third or the first best team in baseball? Since the second half of the season, I believe the third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I thought it was the third and listen, the Tigers are set up for the future. I think with a couple good move moves, they could be in contention. Akil Badu is an awesome player. I think he's a really, really, really fun player and the pitching Casey Mize. I mean, he was one of the top pitching prospects. And once he gets, when he reaches his ceiling, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Spencer Turnbull, he's out. He had to have, is it Tommy John? Ta-da. I don't know exactly, but it was like the forearm thing. Okay. I mean, they, they got Turnbull. I mean, Haas just, it's, it seems like it's just not the White Sox. It's every team that he's mashing against right now. And just looking at their lineup, I mean, Scope, I don't know if he'll go or if he'll stay. I mean, listen, I'll take Scope on the South side. And then Zach Short is having a pretty good season. And they have, they have some good young guys. And, you know, we'll see where uh, the pitching and hitting takes them in the future, but just a very notable team right now to start the second half. Uh, is it on anything on the Tigers, or should we just move to ALS? I mean, a seven-game winning streak, the longest in baseball right now. You know, A.J. Hinch, they've shown some sparks in there. You know, they've shown a, a clubhouse that still wants to be competitive, even when they're not. So, be you know, I think they're what we expected the Royals to be. You know, everyone was like, yo, Look out for the Royals in like two to three years as a wild card team. Hey, look out for the Tigers, man. They've got the pieces. They've got some surprise players. And they've got the management, you know, instilling a competitive winning mindset into that team. But now, Charlie, I think we go to the last division in the AL, AL West. Houston, clearly on top right now. Two and a half games lead over the athletics. Yeah. A's. And then also, Seattle Mariners have stayed competitive 
continue to be competitive, 51 and 46 record. Then you obviously have the Angels 10 games back, you know. Shohei Otani's kind of quieted down a little bit. No trout. No trout. He's soon to come back, but they haven't been good. And then Texas Rangers, absolutely trash. Don't need to talk about them. So, Charlie, what do you think about, you know, kind of a three-legged race, I'd say, for the AL West with Seattle four game, four back, but still competitive team? Yeah, I think the Mayors, we said in our division predictions, they are a sneaky team. They will be there this season. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I, it is set up to how I predicted it right now. I don't know if it'll finish like that. I did predict Astros, A's, Mariners, Angels, and Rangers, but who knows when, you know, when Trout comes back, Angels could go on a hot streak, but just to talk about the Mariners, they have a winning record. They're 51 and 46, which is, which is pretty impressive. And just to go over their lineup, Hanniger will hit you bombs and Ty France. He's a sneaky player. And okay. JP Crawford is one of my favorite players in the league right now. This guy is super fun to watch. I see Zidane agreeing with me right now. And he's a shortstop, and he'll be on that team for the next couple of years. And hopefully we can see him in the playoffs because I, I love the Mariners. I think they're they're a really cool team. And uh, I love Seattle. Seattle cracking the new NHL team. So the vibe in Seattle is pretty good right now. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. And the A's, Zidane, I, I'm really not a big fan of the A's. I, I just don't know why they've never really like appealed to me, but I mean, they got Canna, Luriano, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. I mean, they will be, they will be a sneaky team. Who knows if, you know, they'll be in that first spot, but I don't think anyone is passing the Astros and listen, what they did was wrong, but I just, it was so obvious that they are a good team with or without the cheating. And you, it's so obvious to see because they're the best hitting team in the league right now. And Jordan Alvarez is quieted down a little bit. What do you say? I just got I you bang the trash can? Oh, of course, Charlie. Of course. Okay. I I said it. I mean, what they did was wrong, but I don't really think it had a huge effect on them because they're a great team. I have to say of course, they're amazing. They're an amazing hitting team, one of the best hitting teams in baseball. I think the best run for one run differential in baseball, at least in the AL. White Sox was second, but I mean, it's just fun to make fun of them. People are like, oh, it's two years ago, you know, give it up already. No, no, I'm I'm good, you know, I'm good. As long as, and it's interesting because White Sox fans, I don't know why, but like really hate the Astros. Like those are some of the loudest boos I heard for the Astros, but it's just fun, you know. I feel like they every go, team's they, booing Altuve. Anywhere they go, it's like, oh, Correa, they boo. Altuve, who's even kind of likable and can't really hate him, but everybody, you know, it's just fun. And I mean, even the Yankees fans, even when they're not facing the Astros, I think they were facing the Phillies and they were still still saying F Altuve. It's just fun to hate one team, you know. You always want a villain in baseball. Used to be the Yankees, but they're not good enough to be the villain. So (laughs) we'll just take the Astros for now. And at least, I mean, I think I think that's where we head over. And everyone knew it, the most congested uh, congested division to start the season and probably to end the season. That playoff race will be fun. I think that for those first and second spots, that that's gonna be really fun. Um, the Braves got Jock Peterson. I really don't know what the Braves are doing, and 
I predicted them first, and I'm going to tell you right now, they are not going to finish first. They do not look like a first-place team. But the Mets, I think the Mets will finish first. I mean, I, I like the Mets. I really don't have anything against the Mets. I don't like the Yankees, so I tend to like the Mets a little bit more. I like the stadium. City Field's cool. The food's good. Nothing to really hate about the, the, the Mets. Five and five and five in their last ten. But with a hot Lindor, this team is very good, I think. And a good first place team. Maybe not. It probably, well, let's look at yeah, the worst first place team in baseball. But I mean, that's just how it is. I think just making the playoffs is a start for them. They got Cookie Carrasco from the Indians as well when he comes back. I mean, that that's gonna be great. Do you know the timetable on that injury zone? I believe he's just recently started a rehab assignment. So I I think two to four weeks. And then we go down to the Braves. You already talked about them. I I don't really know. But the Phillies, I mean, they're a fun team to watch. Do I like Philadelphia sports fans? No, I'm just going to say that. Being a Bears fan, um, I really just, I can't say Bears right now because it's just, you know, I can't say Bears Philadelphia because you, you you just know why if you're if you're watching this you're probably a White Sox fan so interesting you had to bring that up Charlie but continue yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry but yeah uh Philadelphia I mean Bryce Harper I mean they got they got some guys again five and five in their last ten uh coming off a loss yesterday against uh against the Braves but they're, I don't really think they're they're not going to be in the race I mean maybe a couple of years I mean they got Zach Wheeler top in the league for strikeouts but eh, whatever or top of the NL at least. Um, then the Nationals, I mean, like every team is like there, but the Nationals are definitely not there. And I really, I thought that they would like have a resurgence just like the Red Sox, but that's not looking possible. And the Marlins, I love Jazz Chisholm and they have a fun team, but they're not going to be there. So I think we just go straight to the NL Central. We talked about the Brewers at on, but the Reds, Cardinals, and Cubs, they're they're having some interesting uh interesting matchups. Now. What what do you what do you think? Before you go to the NF Central, I just want to say, at least for the Mets, with now a Lindor, I believe a bleak strain came out for a while. Jacob deGrom, forearm tightness. It's gonna be interesting, but they still have great top end pitchers. Yeah, but more injuries than that. It's crazy. They've been injured for like the whole season part to this season. You know, deGrom continuously like a shoulder injury, a forearm. Like, he's missed some starts, but every time he does come back, he has, like, 14K, so no one really cares. But anyway, NL Central. You know, this is a competitive division, too. Like, I think they're a lot like the NL East, but just a, a step down. Record, they're basically right up there. You know, Brewers, strong, strong lead on this division. But the Reds, you know, they could be sellers. They could be buyers. They're one of those teams, like, in the middle. Who knows what they do, but you, Nick Nick Castellanos, I believe, is out for like a couple of weeks, but they still have a good team. You know, Luis Castillo has started to put together good and Winker. better and better starts. Winker, obviously one of their best players, has been insane this year. Uh, Sonny Gray continues to be a pretty good producing starter. Tyler Mavely, this is a pretty good team, Charlie. You know, I think their main thing is the bullpen probably. They need to shore up a lot of stuff in the bullpen. Then you look at the Cardinals. I mean, they have dealt with a lot of injuries too, but Arenado continues to produce. Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, you've just seen, if you look at the stats, he's gotten really hot over the second half. I think he's going to finish well too. Dylan Carlson, I mean, that's a pretty good, talented team. Best defensive outfield in the league by far. 
Harrison Bader. I mean, every day, every day, it feels like the Tyler O'Neill. I mean, I look at ESPN all the time and like baseball scores and that stuff. But every time, like every Sunday night baseball, for example, it was an AL East matchup or the NL Central. And so I was like, oh, Cubs are playing the Cardinals again. And oh, Harrison Bader made an insane play. Like just every day, it's Harrison Bader, Harrison Bader. Their band's a highlight reel of defense. But I do believe Jack Flaherty may still be injured. I don't remember what he went down with, but he hasn't played recently. So their pitching is really what has messed them up. And then Alex Reyes pitched really well, but then imploded against the Cubs. They came back, you know. It was the game where Chris Bryant came out and we're like, oh, oh, Chris Bryant trade, Chris Bryant trade. But then they came back to win. So I was like, oh, did that mess it up? You know, did we have like Chris Bryant to the Mets and then Cubs won? But, um, and then to talk about the Cubs, you know, who cares? Sellers, like there's no talent on that roster left by after July 30th. You have Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Hendricks, that's it. Because Kimbrell, everybody's saying, oh, as good as gone. Bryant, as good as gone. Baez is an interesting one because there are people interested in Javier Baez. He wants a big contract, wants $200 million for a guy who is strikeout. Why lot. do people like him? I don't get it. Like, it, it confuses me. Like, I, Chris Bryant's an awesome guy, and Rizzo, obviously, f- because he's been on the team for so long. Contreras, yeah, whatever. Kimbrel's awesome. But why do people like Javier Baez? Like, the fielding, I guess, is flashy, but he is not a, he is not a good hitter. I'm just going to say it. He has not been a good hitter. And I, I don't want him on my team. I am certainly not giving him $200 million. No, I mean, this year has been just worse. I mean, this year is just like a picture of Javier Baez. Great defense. He's a fan favorite because people do like him. He's, he's He has a likable personality. He's You can't tell me that Javier Baez, other than like his hitting and this now contract stuff, he's a likable guy. He's yeah. on par with Rizzo and Bryant. Like if he spoke English more, probably, but he is a really nice guy. Everybody likes him. But to pay that dude 200 mil, 200 mil, I mean, I'm not paying for just defense, right? And he does have a lot of power, but you just strike out so much. You strike out so much. You swing your pitches an insane amount, and it makes no sense. You're not getting 200 mil. I think one team will overpay him. I mean, he'll have good seasons eventually. We'll hit like 280 maybe, have like 30 bombs, play amazing defense, but that's like his peak. And then when he gets cold, he gets cold, and you want to pay that guy 200 mil. And then Pittsburgh Pirates, skip them. Charlie, NL West, how are we feeling about it? Best division baseball. Dodgers and Giants just wrapped up an amazing series. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but super close. Kenley Jansen getting booed out of the Kenley Jansen, like, choking. People like Reggie Miller and, you know, Will Smith, I think, walked it off. Um, Mike Yastrzemski played well. It's just an insane series. So, Charlie, how do you feel about – I mean, let's just talk about it. Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. One of three best teams, like, possibly in the MLB. And in one division, all in race for first and second. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about the series we've seen come out of this division? Yeah, I think, like, the Giants, like, talk about sneaky teams. The Giants are the sneakiest team right now. And, listen, there's nothing to hate about the Giants 
I, I don't want to say like, I love the team, but like, I love the giants. Like their stadium is awesome. San Francisco is an awesome city. I know Zidane, you really like San Francisco and um, the giants have some fun players. Gosman absolutely going off. He's been going off since the start of the season. And yes, they don't have those like big, big name guys, but like they have Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey. So, I mean, that's, that's enough when you have that sort of pitching and just to go, you know, with this Dodgers and Giants series, it's like kind of annoying because it, the games always end really late. Yeah, yeah, I stay up, but like, do I really want to be watching? Like, like I could be doing better things than watching. I, actually, could I be doing better things? Because if it, it the games have been pretty fun, but like, I don't choose to watch the Giants and Dodgers at like twelve or one o'clock. Like, I just don't want to do that. But the Giants playing much better than the Dodgers right now. The Dodgers, I mean, they're five and five in the last 10 and the Giants are seven and three. And will the Giants be first come the end of the season? No, I, I don't think so because the Dodgers are the Dodgers and they have that class in their lineup that just completely outclasses the Giants and the Giants, will they hang on to it? I think they will, but come the end of the season, I think they'll be in second. And I think the Padres will be in third, but Zidane, where do you think these teams will end up in you know, to finish off the podcast, I mean, say your last things about the NLS. I mean, I I honestly think you'll – I mean, I think we may have even made a bet on this podcast that I think Giants will finish in first. And, I mean, they're just proving me right over and over, Charlie. You have so, 20 bucks you know, on that? I mean, I have the money right here, Charlie. I'm always ready to pay up. You're showing off the ones? You know. <laughs> it's a bunch of ones. I was going to make a joke about paying for, like, Adam Frazier and Charlie Story, but we never got to it. So I just had him lying here. But anyway, <laughs> I am ready to pay up, but I don't need to, Charlie. I don't need to because all this money, all this money stays in my pocket, stays in my pocket. And, and you just give me a 20 because first team to 60 wins, you know, 61 wins, you know. You can always get out of it, Charlie, because I kind of feel bad for you because you just get to get proven wrong. But you know, the Giants are too good, Charlie. Kevin Gossman, Buster Posey's back hit a home run in his first game, 900 OPS. Great collection of youth veteran free agent acquisitions cheap genius gay Kapler, one of the best managers in baseball i mean i just feel bad for you man i just feel bad for you anyway um what else is there to talk about fernando tatis i believe he's the fastest mlb player ever to 50 home runs and 50 stolen bases he's on pace to become i believe the second player since like 1934 to lead his league the nl both home runs and stolen bases, I believe, is 29 for each or 29-28. He's Tati, he's second in stolen bases behind Merrifield. He has 23, Merrifield has 25. So in the end now, he is yeah, leading both categories. So, you know, it sucks that we traded him, but fine with that. And this is good division. Like, every series, I mean, you saw, I think, Padres and Dodgers, like, in the midway is when Petco started to get full capacity. That was crazy. It was like around, I think it was right before like that red series. Cause that red series was insane. Petco was going crazy. Then they had Dodgers Padres. That was crazy. Padres Dodgers at um, Dodger stadium. I believe Dodgers also played at like giants. Like, and that's one thing I wish. First of all, Sunday night baseball needs to put more of these NL West games on. Like, I swear to God, it's, Cardinals for somebody, Cubs for somebody, like I want NOS. or it's the Yankees. Like there's three teams. Like they just have okay, Cardinals, Cubs, or Yankees. They have to be involved. Like 
first of all, why aren't the White Sox on it? Like, do the White? I think the White Sox and Brewers play on Sunday, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's Perfect. that. Perfect. It is. It is. They are doing that game. Should be Sunday night baseball. I I don't it know is. who's Sunday night baseball. It is Sunday night baseball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I well, I got proven wrong, but. I mean, I would much rather watch the NBC Sports broadcast than any other ESPN broadcast. But you know, just to be out there would be nice. I and I, I do like Matt Vasquez and Aaron. Oh, he's I awesome. Like how they, I like how they set it up. I like like the graphics. I like I just like ESPN broadcast because it's you know it's ESPN. But so, A Rod, like, come on! I, I don't want to listen to him calling. I don't want him as a commentator. I think he's good in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love. And I wish they would just promote it more because I don't know how much of the NBA but you watch, but you know inside the NBA, yeah. Shaq, Chuck, Ernie, Kenny, hilarious. Like best sports studio. The stuff they do is so funny. It, I like, I've laughed out loud. Like I've fallen out of my chair watching those clips. But, and MLB has that. They just haven't capitalized on it. They have Big Poppy, Frank Thomas, A-Rod, and then... Another dude I'm forgetting, the main dude. Pedro, is Pedro Martinez? No, he does uh, MLB Network stuff. Right? He does MLB Network with Brian Kenny, yeah. and they're pretty good too when they do like their stuff. Pedro's great too, but like that's a great studio, but it's on like FS1, bro. Nobody watches FS1. People watch Fox, but then it's not there, and. Like, they just need to use these studios shows more. ESPN, I think, needs to get, like, one other dude, maybe. Like, because it's always A-Rod and Matt Excursion, and then they have Buster Holony. Is that how you say it? But either way, he's, like, their reporter dude. And then Jessica Mendoza, she's great, too. But, like, I can't think of somebody. But they need, like, another personality there. Blue Perfect. So, I think, at least for me, to end it off, just stop putting NL Central games on Sunday Night Baseball. Nobody wants to watch it. Like, I don't want to see Javi Baez hit a home run against the Cardinals and still end up fourth. Like, this is a third-place and fourth-place team on Sunday Night Baseball. What is that? What is that? Like, you have enough games. First of all, please, God, for the love of me, it's my final thing. Put NL West games on Sunday Night Baseball so I can actually watch them. They're every time, it starts in 9-10. That means you end at like 1 a.m. Like to watch a close game through nine innings, that's like three hours. That's like 11, 12. Extra innings as well? I mean, like. If they put it in extras, that's like two. Two for a baseball game? Two for a baseball game? Two for anything. That's so ridiculous. So Sunday night baseball, put NOS games. Stop putting in essential games. Nobody wants to watch it. Nobody does. Cubs fans don't watch it because they pay for stupid marquee network like idiots. So, finally, and Sunday Night Baseball. Another Zidane rant. And finally, how much do we need to get for Travis Story, Charlie? How much <laughs> for Travis Story, Adam Fraser? I mean, I got this stuff right here. Here's Gavin Sheets. I don't, I don't care. Here's Garrett Crochet. Here you go, Charlie. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Take my money. Give me these players so we can rate. Oh, also, you know, he, I have an extra one. Richard Rodriguez. That's it, Charlie. What it, what do you have to say? And do you want to end it off? I mean, wow. I, mean, I got to pick up all these buns. <laughs> this is one of the best episodes so far. 
um, antics from Zidane. Fiery Zidane has showed up. But, um, I mean, that's it. Got, got to cool down Justin here. Fields MVP, baby. Z- Z- that's how Zidane's going to sign off. He's not even in the camera anymore. But hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Series starts tonight with the Brewers. That's going to be really fun. And if you're in Milwaukee, uh, go to that uh, Section 108 and Sock Machine tailgate. That's going to be awesome. But thank you guys for watching.